Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, we have a really fun episode today. Um, we are about tomorrow. We're driving out to the desert and uh, some incredible slash insane people are going to run through the desert in June. Uh, I'm looking at two of the people right now. Uh, my friend Tim Barr, my friend Phil Pinty, both people who have co-hosted the podcast meeting each other for the first time. Like you're about to dive in. They haven't met each other. They've talked for like five minutes now. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to talk about Deserats, but before we get into that, I'm going to drop this episode in the middle of the week. So if you're listening to this right away, the race is still going on. I think I'm going to release it like Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Um, the race is still going on and I'll link the thing where you can like track it, you know, do the little blue dot thing, see who's how everyone's doing, things like that. Um, Phil Pinty is number three on the blue dot thing and Tim Barr is number 21. So you can like root them on and they'll like feel your spirit rooting them on as they're out there. They might be hallucinating when they're feeling your spirit rooting them on. I don't know. But uh, so that's going to happen. And then next week I am not going to do a podcast. I'm going to take a week off um, because I'm going on vacation and this project has taken a whole lot of work and effort. So that's kind of like what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, man, we're going to do this. This is like a pre-race, pre-Desert Rats podcast. So let's just jump right in. Um, I will tell you this. You guys just met each other, but I need you to scooch like. We only are, we have two mics and we have three dudes. <laughs> so they're like awkwardly having to like squish together now. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could also like look at each other too, because it's it's weird me out. I'm intimidated, like, <laughs> man. Like I have to I have to go start lifting weights. <laughs> I'm like wearing a sleeveless shirt right now, and I'm feeling like really undersized. You have an between awesome, the two of you. You have a great sleeveless shirt, though. <laughs> I'll put a picture on Instagram. It's gonna be amazing. Stop, collaborate, and listen. Yeah, it's yeah. Vanilla Ice 2020. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, guys, welcome to the show. Um, Let's just dive into this because we have a weird dynamic here where Phil has ran this race. This will be his third time, and Tim, this will be your first time. So let's just talk about that. Phil, what what is bringing you back for a third year of pain, misery, enlightenment, awesomeness? All of those things. Okay. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because this is Tim's first year. You ran the race twice. Yes. We've ran the race twice together. This will be my third year, so we got one, two, and three. Whoa, <laughs> and we, dude. And we also got yeah, – I don't get too far ahead, but you're also working on the documentary for this year's race. And every, We're actually calling it a documentary. Documentary. That's what that's you're what, about that, to that's say? That's what we're going to – yeah, documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's documentary. But every great story has a beginning, middle, and end, so I think it's very – conducive that we've got like a, a guy who's running the race for the first time somebody who's a little bit more experienced and then you know the the veteran guy but dude i'm back again i'm crashing with you pre-race we're enjoying life together drinking some kombucha um can we talk about this real quick yeah you have a com like i i think we just need to bring this up on the podcast you have a kombucha problem man. i have a kombucha problem yeah <laughs> we went to sprouts dude and he bought like how many I'm guessing 20. 10 or 12. No, no, not dude, that. It, it wasn't 20. 20. It was like it 10 was or 20. 12, maybe. But you just 20. have to try different flavors, like all in the next day before you get out there. Or you bring I, them I drink with them you. all. Well, I, yeah. No, I, I just want to like, stock up Chris's, 
Chris's fridge. I don't why have water we... in my pack. I just <laughs> have kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, why is your why is your bladder bloating? <laughs> yeah. Phil just starts. Phil's giving... being off the side of the trail the whole, the whole race. <laughs> He's just giving Tim fake advice right now about like kombucha. Dude, you gotta. That's the way to survive. Dude, kombucha in the pack. <laughs> Didn't even know. You don't drink kombucha for the seven days leading up to the race. That's oh the best God. thing you can do. Let me. I have to know this though. Do you drink that much kombucha at home? I do. Yeah. I didn't know if this was like a vacation, like, let's go wild I just go kombucha. wild with kombucha. Yeah. No, I have like a kid. Wait, hold you... on. Is the kombucha called wild? It uh, is wild wonder. Wild wonder. No way. I'm going wild with the wild wonder. That's kombucha. only one of them, though. He literally got like uh, a guava. tasting. Yeah, yeah. guava is delicious. Best. It's refreshing. <laughs> I drink gallons of that stuff in high school. Look at this. And I go back, like every time I have guava juice, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> That's like it's a, God's greatest fruit, and it's like way underrated. No, I feel like it's I feel like every, I, I feel like every time I'm yeah. here with you, Chris, I'm constantly like water and protein and kombucha, and like I just I'm just like hydrating. Yeah, I, yeah that so, makes sense. I don't know. I don't know if it, if it's good or bad or indifferent or. You should learn how to make kombucha. I have a kombucha kit. Do you? Yeah. Have you done it? I do it. You do it? Yeah. I make I make my own, which is a little bit more like vinegary than the way the stores yeah. is, and then I buy the store booch, and then nice. I mix the booches together, so yeah. like I spread load. That sounds weird. <laughs> I can never mind. Forget That's it. killer. I'll tell That's you killer. later. And Tim's here with his dog, so his dog might make an appearance, <laughs> which is Trooper. Yeah, he's like the cutest dog I've ever seen. I just wanted to he's paint the cute. picture. We're in he's my backyard. Cute. There's kombucha. There's a cute dog. There's birds. Two chirping. guys like sitting awkwardly close to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy right now. But um, yeah, dude. Like so, third year. I mean. That's very like poetic, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But what's like bringing you back? Like, what's you know? There's a lot to yeah. love about it. Like, yeah. obviously, you know, obviously, I'm I'm a fan of the race. I don't I don't want to. Maybe it's too early to like call my shot. But <laughs> no. are you challenging? To <laughs> no, 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 no. We we talked we talked leading into our second one that you know we were excited for our second one and yada yada yada. But we we're kind of going to think of like. There's other adventures to be had. There's other things to be done. There's sure. other races to be run. Um, this one, I just felt like just the conclusion to like the trilogy, you know. And I look, you and I were talking before the, the podcast that in life, where I was three years ago, and then like just over the traverse of time, the things I've accomplished, not only in running but like also in life, and then like now, I feel like I'm in, just in a completely different mindset for running too, you know, running and life. But, um, I think this will be probably the third and third and final desert rats. Yeah. So, and I'm excited to very much of this race to kind of give some of the experience and stuff that I've learned through running this race previously and just sharing this experience with other people and kind of instilling the excitement and the fun and stuff like that and to go forth and prosper, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Nice. I have to ask both of you this then. Mm -hmm. So it's the trilogy, right? Mm -hmm. What's the best third movie in a series? Because a lot of times you're like, oh, they brought Ewoks in, mm -hmm. not cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just like, oh, it's it's all right. I think right off the bat, like Die Hard with a Vengeance oh. was a pretty was a pretty good threequel good movie. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. that is a good choice. Do you got one? Uh, man, I'd have to think. I'd have to think. All right, I'm going with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's a really good one. Solid third movie. The third Lord yeah. of the Rings is good, but then the ending. Like, are you just going to, like, at the end of your race, are you just going to, like, extend it out? Like, you almost get to the finish line, 
and then you like backpedal <laughs> and then you like slowly walk forward and we're like is he gonna finish and then you like backpedal and we're like this is like the last lord of the rings movie you keep <laughs> thinking it's over yeah and then it's not yeah is that what you're gonna do no i'm not gonna do that oh dang it <laughs> it's over, too hot man. to do that <laughs> <laughs> like throw the ring in the fire <laughs> just throw it in just do it come on <laughs> like wrap this thing up yeah. but no that's cool man tim do you have one yet i'll no. leave this by the end of the podcast all right okay i'll have to think about it'll it. it'll be like i'll be asking you other questions but in the back of your mind every conversation he's like the biggest movie guy <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like every conversation so it's kind of like that one time in that one movie i was like have you seen it it was on netflix by some B, B-rated director. <laughs> I'm like, no. We got politely shushed at a campground, me and Tim and our friend Joel. It was fantastic. It really was. We had a we had a uh, like we had a three movie thing, right? We're like, all right, so you have backyard film festival. You have three movies. First movie's got to be for the kids, right? All the mm-hmm. kids are there. Second movie has to be for the moms, kind of keep the moms interested. And third movie has to be for all the dads. So what would the three be? And we just kept going around in circles. And it was getting heated. It was getting heated. Oh, man. We were loud. And it was like 1130 at night. And we didn't realize it was that late. And this guy comes over. Like, you know, as, as classy as could. He, there could have been another way he could have had it. But he's like, hey, guys, these are all really good movies. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm concurring you, with your movie assessment. <laughs> do you guys mind, like, keeping it down? <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, man. The what are your three movies, by the way? Yeah, the only uh, better way he could have handled it, he came over and just dropped his three movies and then politely asked us this. That would have been amazing. And then the rest of the time, we just kept whispering. And then, like, giggling. He's like, I still hear you. He's <laughs> like, guys? Guys. But uh, but that was actually taken back to Deseret's. That was at the Dewey Bridge campground. So. Oh, that's when it was? Where we it was. were there. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah we but that's where, the, that's where this discussion was held yes yeah. <laughs> we're got shushed <laughs> yeah. um tim what is bringing you to this race uh you trying to convince me to do it <clears throat> no i um I, I i honestly like um with with running i mean there's a bunch of different races that i've done i think um this one's unique in the fact that it's multiple days it's in the heat which i just haven't historically done really well in um there's no crew there's no cell service there's basically like you're kind of there with the tribe that you're there with um and it like just curious to go through the experience and um you know see how i can do you know just as as an athlete but more than anything just kind of experience something completely new and completely different yeah um go see some new scenery you know i think uh just being out in trails that i've never been on mm. um is always exciting but it's, gonna be um, sweet. it's just going to be completely different than anything i've done in running today so yeah it's kind of it here for the experience is there any i mean besides like the heat factor and stuff like which you guys i feel like you've trained up well in is it hot out there it's it might be hot dude it was one i looked at my phone this week and i have moab on the weather app it was like 114 at one point which is so crazy i think my shoes would melt and I was 102. Yeah, it's 102 right now in Moab. Only a 102. It is it's, 80. And, and it's drizzling. It's a there's a light drizzle. Not it's 100, 102 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> what does a light drizzle feel like? Uh, in scolding hot water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like this is what is happening. I wonder if there's a rainbow. Yeah. It's just flames. Dude. So, yeah, man. Like it's just I've been I've been heat training, which Tim has made fun of me. Yeah, I'm like with two sweatshirts and. 
Well, yeah, he's like, dude, heat training is like posting. I'm like, yeah, carrying that video camera is going to be tough. <laughs> but that's the fact I that, get like, back in my air-conditioned Jeep. <laughs> it's, it's the fact that, like, you're just exposed. Like, there's no shade out there. Like, there really isn't any shade once that sun goes up. Like, after the first hour of running, the first hour in the morning, there's a little bit of shade. And then after that, you're like, where did the shade go? It is gone completely. And I was like, I have to get ready for that, too. Like, I don't want to get to day two and we're you know we have a packed schedule too like running around like not running but like going around everywhere and trying to get to different spots i'm like i don't want to like burn out on like day two if you're holding a camera yeah and you pass out you have to put that on the like ending (laughs) thing you know like the bloopers part it's just like (laughs) what happened oh yeah chris passed passed out with the camera it was great be amazing part. but yeah what are you guys like intimidated about um you know just beyond like the heat um like it, it's it's kind of twofold from for me i think all the weight and all, all the stuff that we got to carry like there's so much stuff you know and it's like i put the pack on i'm not like ripped like you guys you know so it's like no kind of like is here with like bulging muscles <laughs> and biceps and no but i mean the, the weight um, just the weight that I got to carry, like kind of what that impact's going to be like the day in, day out stuff and then in the heat for sure. Like, I mean, it's all going to just kind of cumulatively slow me down. Um, you know, and, and like adjusting my mind to just being in the moment, I think is going to be really tough for me. Like, especially on day two where you can, I think you can just see down the road for like, you know, all the way to Moab basically. <laughs> It's just going to suck. It's just going to suck. I'm super nervous. There's a crazy part of day one where you see, you like around this corner and then you see the LaSalle's in the distance and you're just like, we're going to eventually go over those things and they are so far away. Mm -hmm. You're like, I don't, I can't comprehend this, you know? Like it's wild. I just love that part. No, going back to the packing thing though, like I packed, I'm from Maryland, but I packed, you know, obviously before flying out here. And then I, I come spend a day or two with Chris. I pretty much break out all my stuff and then, like, repack. Because there's stuff, you know, you can't fly with. But now that I'm on the ground, I can load up my pack again. But then when we go to mall, it's, like, it's this constant unpacking and repacking. But, like, you just have to get used to that. Because when we have our, our mandatory packing list, like, you know, most of us aren't used to running ultras with a folding, you know, pocket knife or mm-hmm. salt tabs or all this other stuff. And, uh you know that people can get penalized i mean you, you know that but if, yeah. you, if you show up to an aid station and you're missing something you can get penalized so it's like you know most of us try to streamline it as most as we can going into these ultras carrying as little as possible and that's yeah it's something to get used to you know totally yeah. we're not fast packing but we're practically we're practically doing that it kind of feels like it i mean in just my packs my pack fits a lot of stuff but then when you start like thinking about all the all the fluids you got to carry with you mm-hmm. and all that other stuff and like the capacity that you have to have on top of the water that you're carrying like i mean it's it's a lot yeah. you know it's probably 20 pounds of weight on yeah. your back you know if you're fully loaded with water so. dude could you guys so there's like levels of all of this right and there's levels of stage races too and you get to like the one through the sahara the one through the gobi the one through the atacama no, no, no. Add a comma is when you have a run-on sentence, and then you have to add a comma. <laughs> Sorry. That was the only time ever in the podcast I was just setting up a joke. Because yesterday I said add a comma to Phil, because I want to run that race. Is that a real place? Yeah. Is that real? It's I the Atacama Desert in South America. 
and there's like the Atacama Crossing is the stage race. Sure, and I really want to run it. Spelled like Atacama. But I, but I, I said that to Phil, and then he said that, and I was like, we have to say that on the podcast. You we're just, it, we're drawing the curtain back. Yeah. We're giving the bringing the curtain the, back right <laughs> now because I couldn't get through it. I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew I was gonna say. It. Anyways, um, but like the race is like the Atacama Desert one. Like you're carrying. They're carrying their sleeping Everything, bag. Everything, yeah. They're carrying the Iceland all race, their food. Like, that. Mm-hmm. like, I'm like, dude, how much? I just am really curious how many pounds they have to carry as well. But I just thought that was there's. It's just weird to me. Like, interesting that there are levels to all of this, and even, you know, like you should, you're like, oh, you, I guess this could be. I'm just trying to give you guys like, I guess it could be worse if I was carrying like my sleeping bag and stuff. You, you, you say that though but it doesn't matter how many times I mean I, we, I've done it twice before but I, I still have that that anxiety and like those nerves of just you know Reed touts that he wants this thing to be a, what would you say a thing of suffering a, a suffer a mon- fest a monster like a, yeah. a suffer fest and stuff and it's like but when you're in the present when you're in that moment I mean it, it sucks but yeah. yeah but you just have to have the mental fortitude but it's like that's the. Th- I mean, I get. I, I think that's part of why I keep coming back and like. And you know, also too. I, I. I think I may have spoken about this on a previous podcast, but I would have never run a hundred mile race like if it was not for if it was not for desert rats, because it, it just forces you to think day one, day two. You know how th- how I'm running, what my pace is going to be, how I carry myself, like how that's going to come back day four or day five. Yeah. And I would have never before rats. I would have never imagined being able to run 150 miles over six days. And uh, so thanks to Desert Rats for being able to run 100 miles. Yeah, and then so, you ran Yeti 100. Yeti 100, yep. Yeah, man, so That's cool. Nice. Have you done any 100s? I have, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's just different. Yeah, it is. The, the mindset's just different. Mm-hmm. I think the cumulative stress on your body over yeah. a long time, like, and you, you wrap your head now around, like, oh, I'm going to go out in 24 hours. and I still can't wrap my head around it. I mean. Well, yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> every time before you're like, what am I doing? I'm just like, this is crazy. <laughs> How's this gonna work? But yeah, you're uh, saying like the com- the six days, like you can wrap up a hundred miler in like a day or two. Some of some of us some can. Some of us can. Some of us never tried. So Tim over here, day or two. Day or two. Just to throw it out there, day or two. Yeah. It just <laughs> but, depends on the race, but yeah. but um, but this is like a week long thing, basically. Right. It's like neurological damage too on your body, right? <clears throat> like just the stress, the heat stress, like all all of that. And then you sleep, which, I mean, you know, you sit at an A station too long and you, like, freeze up and then you got to, like, get up and go. Like, imagine, like, I don't know what that's like yet to be, like, I know what it's like to run, like, 20 miles and then, like, 30 the next day, but I don't know what it's like to go. Is this your first first stage race overall? Ever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, some of it's almost, like, Groundhog Day. I mean, it has, like, kind of, like, a negative connotation, but, like, it's a great time. It's an exciting time, but, like you know day after day of waking up like you know three or four you wake up and you're like like i gotta run how many miles today you know yeah so yeah yeah but in a weird way and i've said it before it's like relaxing in a weird way because like we're all busy dudes you know like with jobs and kids and stuff and all of a sudden you're out there for a week and you're like oh literally all i have to do is just keep going that direction and keep shoving food in my face and keep sitting on my butt whenever I like am not running in that direction. Like it just simplifies life in a really awesome way. Mm-hmm. That I think it's just like a good for me it was always like a good break for a week, you know? Like I needed that break 
just from all the busyness and the phones and the distractions and you're out there and you're like my phone doesn't work mm-hmm. I, I haven't looked in the mirror I haven't showered like I don't have anything else to do except feed myself and take care of myself did you guys feel like <clears throat> maybe it's different for both of you but did you feel like there was a certain amount you know like you probably read about the three-day effect you know three days of doing something or three days in the wilderness there's like the a switch that goes off and like the body just kind of comes so like you go on vacation it takes three days to kind of unplug and then you know you have a couple of nice days and then you're like stressed about work again mm-hmm. i mean did you do you think that there was like what point of the race do you feel like that breaking point happened for you guys was like day one was it day two or three where you were like okay this is what i, I got i think day three because yeah. day three is the sprint day so it's like mm-hmm. a nine a nine mile day mm-hmm. which is still you know it's nine miles but after two 20 plus mile days and then you it's also two you got a crusher of a day on thursday mm-hmm. but you after you get through like wednesday after you run that that's when the part that not like party but that's when everybody kind of like becomes themselves you know like everyone is just kind of like oh so this is what we're doing like we're just all hanging out and we're all running together, yeah because you know? that's the day you get done and you're done by noon and then you just hang out the rest of the day at that campsite where we got shushed <laughs> yeah we're gonna continue our discussion of movies no i'm just kidding uh but you just hang out there and you're just sitting around and i think that's the day i agree with phil like i think you also and i there's some probably smarter people than me but like well obviously tons there's tons of <laughs> but there's there's smarter people than me that would know like maybe that's when your body adjusts to the heat like mm-hmm. you've been out you're gonna be out in it for 72 hours at that point or almost 72 hours at that point mm-hmm. and it's like eventually your body just gets used to it and you're just like this is what the world feels like right now yeah because there's no escape from it mm-hmm. you know so yeah man i think day three probably day two i mean he'll he'll tell you like the second day which is 38 miles is the key to get through mm-hmm. um, and he says if people get through that then they generally can make it unless something terrible happens I mean going into it I'm kind of looking at it that way I'm like alright day one well I'm really day at a time but I'm like yeah. alright 20 miles I can do um, I feel pretty good about that and then you know a little more than a 50k is what I'm telling myself even though it's a lot more than 50 <laughs> but what is um, it on day two 30, 30 miles or it's 38 yeah. Yeah. yeah and the ending is just on those roads that seemingly don't end yeah forever yeah, you're I'm like this road survival. is still going you're like this ro- how is this road still going right now this is that's crazy. the one just out in the middle of no, like nowhere yeah. like the dirt dusty road yeah yeah yeah. but is there okay so we're going out me and Paul our friend Paul and uh, James and Chris and that's gonna be our film crew is there any like trepidation with that like that's my thing like whenever I've called the racers I'm like I just want to make sure like and I even told Reed and Kyle this, like I don't want us to be like like I don't want to mess up the feng shui of the event you know what I mean mm-hmm. so like is there any trepidation with that like people are gonna be out there filming you guys like you might not be in your best moments you might struggling i don't i don't think it'll be any worse than you know we've all run races where we come into an aid station and there there's the staff that's working the aid but then there's also like family members or stuff like yeah. that like i don't i don't think that when we're in the midst of a battle so to speak and we're running this race like we feel we need to be you know not be ourselves or whatever i, I don't feel any like lingering like work because i mean i think you guys are just going to kind of be like wallflowers like just off on the side and 
capturing those like intimate moments, but I, I personally don't think any it's going to change really anything. I think um, you had an interesting like an interesting point on authenticity. Like I agree with you on the authenticity side. I think it's going to change the race though. Yeah, yeah. I think because um, if you think about like the accountability of like whatever it is, if you buy a bunch of friends, family, like if you fundraise, that's why a lot of people fundraise for whatever crazy adventure they're doing because there's like this like added accountability like i could drop out right here and be totally fine if i wouldn't have just like raised ten thousand dollars for like this particular cause and like all these people are watching me online right yeah whatever that whatever that might be and i think i'd be surprised this extra layer of accountability almost dude i well and i know for me like 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 hell, I like. There's no freaking way I'm gonna quit. So your your <laughs> your hypothesis is that racers going into this thing, knowing that there is gonna be a, a documentary crew there, are gonna they're gonna push themselves, but they're gonna push themselves even harder. I think you're gonna dig deeper. All right. Yeah. That's a that's an awesome point, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome, but it's intimidating when it's something that is potentially dangerous. It totally is. <laughs> as me, as the guy filming it. Well, like, so, like my coach is like, don't get caught up in all that craziness. Yeah. Like, just go freaking do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, and that's what we're hoping for, but it is. I've thought of it because, you know, like, what is it? Like, quantum theory? We're going into quantum theory right now. If you look at an ele- electron, can be a wave and a particle at one time. I'm probably messing this up. What am I, a science teacher or something? <laughs> Chris and, is kick but if there's an observer, it, it's like, like water. Okay. Can be liquid, solid, vapor. Or, well, yeah, but that's temperature. What? Anywho, like, if are you guys talking about ice right now? I'm just, what are add- you about? <laughs> <laughs> just derailing. Chris. I'm trying to say, like, if you add an observer, it observer it changes. Matter knows if somebody's watching it. I don't know. What am I Isn't doing? that what you were trying to prove? No, I was going to like Google it. Hold on, but you know what I mean. Like, I just am afraid. Like, we're going to like be the observer and change. No, I, I, Tim brings up a really awesome point because in years past, I'm looking at this sh- there's shit there's up. desert rats, right? This year, this thing has been going on for like 14 years or something, and there's it is this very intimate, eclectic group of people, but there's never been. It's like, you know, I wrestled in high school, and if I knew my mom was up in the stands, or if I knew my girlfriend was going to be there, I I put on a different perform. I didn't perform, but I mean, I gave it more than I would have if they weren't there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I I definitely think it's going to change. It's going to change. Yeah, it could potentially change the whole race. I don't know. All right, because I just looked it up. We're, right. on, we're on Wikipedia, guys. Here this we go. This is a trusted source. <laughs> trusted source. It's the observer effect in physics. So in physics, the observer effect is the disturbance of, a, of an observed system by the act of observation. And a lot of times it's the instruments themselves disturbing the system. And especially if you're trying to measure something really, really small. Anywho. But if you have cameras and if you have boom <laughs> boom mics and stuff, those are your tools and you're going to be manipulating yes. us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just scared we're going to observer affect you guys, you know? I'm not scared uh, with that. But that's one thought I've had. And I am like, I think the, uh, the fact that Paul and I have done it before, like we have already, we you know we we've been out there we understand like i just think that's going to help that a little bit i do agree with you though tim like it's going to have some sort of effect probably but i do think like we've already been a part of this community we've been a part of this experience before and i'm, I'm hoping that kind of like plays a role you know but it is going to be weird man because you know me like i'm cheery and like 
I want to like, I'll see you out there and I'll want to be like, dude, you're doing awesome. Like, yeah. And, but like for filming it, like we just want to be there. Yeah. We don't want you guys to like smile. You know what I mean? Like you would, you don't want us to smile. Well, at we all. do want you to smile. <laughs> we do want you to smile. No, no smiles. No, no, no. Don't smile. But I'm saying like in that moment, if no one was there, you wouldn't be smiling. You wouldn't be smiling. Yeah, no. And then, but if I'm there cheering you on, you'll be like, oh man, there's my friend Chris. He's all happy. You know? So mm. I've thought of that too. I'm like, how do we make sure like, and I'm sure it'll just happen naturally. And these are all like just anxiety things two days out for me. But I am like, how do we go out there and like actually capture it without having too big of an effect, I guess. I think you're going to capture, like, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Like, it is what it is. Like, honestly, it is what it is. Like, you're filming the race could change the race. People could dig deeper. Like, it's cool. Like, it's just this moment in time. It's this race. It's going to be super cool. You're going to capture whatever it is. People dig deeper. I think people digging deeper is a, probably a pretty good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's probably going to be pretty interesting to watch. I would. Think. I mean, Phil's yeah. sprinting out of the, the beginning <clears throat> no, to no, make no. it look like he's, he's... Chris just, told me, wait, hold on. Chris told me you were pacing me. <laughs> yeah, never. He's like, just no. hold on. No, that's good. Maybe for the pictures and stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm disappointed. I thought that was the whole... <laughs> Chris and I were talking too before cast, like the stories that will unfold like you know they can have a uh, what's it called a storyboard or whatever you have chris and paul having run this two times before like they have an idea of what happens on each day but like the underlying stories or or somebody coming back for redemption or somebody coming back for a third time or somebody getting injured on the second day like we we don't know what's going to happen right right? so it's like that's I, th- I think that things are going to kind of just unfold, and you're going to be there to capture them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think anyone's going to change. I mean, maybe, maybe this guy. But yeah. no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, what's your guys' like relationship with suffering? Because I know that's a theme that we're kind of like we're trying to figure out. Like, why do people go out and intentionally suffer through something like desert rats, or really like most ultra marathons, right? Like, why do people go out and do these things? with their free time you know and obviously like as a guy who runs ultra marathons i have my own ideas about this but it's really interesting when you hear like everybody's kind of thoughts on that so read read think? surprisingly not surprisingly but he, he reminds me of a guy like a veteran or somebody who had been in the military or something like that but i, I don't i don't believe he has but um an underlying thing that I, i've really not never brought up before in regards to desert rats was you know i went to marine corps boot camp in 2000 the summer of 2002 and just, you know, you go there in your civilian clothes and with your wallet and your cell phone and stuff like that. And they, they strip everything away from you. And then it's this course of 13 weeks where they're breaking you down to make, like, United States Marines and everything. But the, at the conclusion of boot camp, there's something they call the crucible, which they keep you up for, like, 48 hours or 72 hours. And you're doing all these military-type exercises and yeah. evolutions, day ops and night ops and all this crazy stuff. But I, I think for me, like, the thing that's hitting on why I keep coming back to desert rats is it's, it's got this, you know, going out to the field, saying goodbye to like your cushy creature, creature comforts, you know, saying goodbye to your loved ones and stuff like that. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I draw many parallels to kind of like that military type yeah, evolution. So, but when you were in the military, did you like it too? It's this kind of love hate thing where like, you know, us three guys, we, we've all done, you know, some pretty 
dramatic, pretty uh, involved ultras or just in life we've experienced some pretty crazy things and it's it's like when you're going through it you're like man this really really su-. like when I when I look back to boot camp and, and nobody likes when the guys tell them like boot camp stories but there were some really hard days that like I, I seriously thought I may not make it through this or I, I might even give up I didn't I made it through but then when you look back like years later you look you look at the this event with like rose colored glasses yeah. and it kind of it kind of loses its sharpness and you see kind of like the underlying like life lesson or whatever. So like we've done rats before, but it's like every time I look back, I'm not like, man, that was like the worst week of my life. Well, I, you and know. talk about your day for the first year really quick because you really struggled. Like it seemed hard. Yeah. And now you're like, I'm going to go on and do that same course again. Yeah. Even though I came back the second year and did fine on that part. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they, this information, this knowledge is not going to be helpful for anyone who's, you know, we're, this podcast is going to come out while we're, uh, we got a trash truck going on? We got, we got a big truck here. I think we're good. All right. We'll just keep rolling. We'll, we'll do it live. It's live. <laughs> no, so uh, that, that day four, you know, what I ran into was you pack sandwiches and you pack food for you to eat throughout the course of the day. And uh, I made it midway through the day and I didn't eat any of the food that I packed with me and then that's when my tr- nutrition turned into like a downward spiral okay like once my like it's almost like once you're out there and you don't get a handle on your food intake and your hydration the rest of the day was just horrible and I had to like we moved inside because my neighbor started <laughs> destroying trees in a wood chipper so yeah Phil you were just saying what happened on your your difficult moment on day four yeah so for for listeners who aren't aware or whatnot uh day four is a very intimidating day where we traverse the LaSalle mountains um it's like 43 miles and um that day it's very important the morning of we pack like uh sandwiches that we take with us throughout the course of the day and um you know I knew that I, I had to eat something I should be eating something while I was running and I just I don't know if I got overcome with like heat exhaustion or something like that but I ended up not eating my two sandwiches and they got like kind of destroyed in my pack with everything that we were carrying so the last like six seven hours of this thing I just was feeling horrible I just like stepped it out I forget what time I finished wasn't it like 10 30 or Dude, 10? no you finished at like 11 yeah 30 at night yeah it was completely dark he was the last one into camp like and the whole time, dude, we were all like, oh, my God, like, what happened to Phil? Is he okay? Yeah. You know, because uh-huh. you're like, you just assume, like, the worst things are happening, and you're just walking down that road. It was a, it was a culmination of multiple days. That, that first year was really the first time I had ever run, like, you know, multiple ultras on multiple days. The heat, just just learning your body and, like, you know, when you should be drinking water, when you should be eating and everything like that. I mean, that, that could still happen to anybody on any day yeah. you know but like that day four was yeah that was not a that was not a pretty day so eat your sandwiches <laughs> yeah so you you pack these sandwiches uh-huh. and you put them in your pack yeah and then uh there's like do they have like there's not at the aid stations there's not like nothing oh, they, or? they give them to you at lunch so you pack them the night before and then okay. halfway through the race the next day you'll like go and get your sandwiches yeah. at like the halfway aid station or whatever gotcha and yeah. then you gotta like eat them yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, so, so, so every every day, bad. yeah, every day you they pretty much provide breakfast and lunch like every day, right? Okay. On this 
butt kicker of a day, you pack – some people pack one sandwich. I pack like two or three sandwiches or whatever. But you put them in a cooler. But the thing about Thursday too is there's a stretch where you start the race. You run 12 miles until the first aid station, and then it's another 12 miles until the next aid station. So you're you're running like 24 miles, and there's only one aid station in between. Gotcha. So you don't get your sandwiches until like the first aid station or second aid. You get them in between. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. what I did was like I wasn't we've all we've all been in an ultra where you come in and there's all this yummy stuff but like your stomach has like turned or you're just not feeling it. Uh-huh. So I did what I should have done is just like you just got to like force feed yourself a sandwich. Like just jam the sandwich down your throat while you're there like it's just to get it. No, you just I will, get it inside I you. Hate, I yeah. do, I, there's like I hate soggy bread. Oh yeah. Well that's going to happen cuz they all just turn it. Paul was saying like he had a oh, peanut butter and jelly open, it just turned into like sludge. He didn't seal the bag. Mm. So it Dude. turned into sludge, and I was walking by him, and he's like, what do I do? I'm like, you just drink the sandwich. You just <laughs> you drink just... that sludge. <laughs> All right, so just set up at that aid station, and if my bread is soggy, you'll, you'll watch me behind. Oh. You'll get some good footage. footage. Oof. We'll be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Just like flashbacks to being a kid when my mom would pack my sack lunches, you know, mm-hmm. in elementary school. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. No, so that was my yeah. problem. The... The story of the traveling sandwiches that never got eaten. Yeah, and that was just, it was bad news. That's actually the title of Phil's book. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Phil Pinti, the story of the traveling sandwiches that never got eaten. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tim, what's like, what's your relationship with suffering as it pertains to this kind of stuff? Like, why do you like it? What keeps drawing you back? I'm trying to just figure this out for myself because I'm like, I feel the most satisfied and able to relax after i've gone out and suffered like after we did the grand canyon that whole weekend i was like i can relax like i leading into it i'm like i'm going to suffer and then afterwards i was like i suffered and then i was like i can sit and relax with this accomplishment for a while like i don't know well like the the, i probably botched this saying but like the day is always brighter after the darkest night Yes. You know, and, yes. and I think we all run in life to like the most, especially in America, like what, what's the most comfortable I can be, right? Like it's We're instant gratis, gratification, like, oh, like, oh my God, it's so hot outside. I got to get inside where the air conditioning is. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, just like the path of least resistance, like the stream going down the, the hill is going to find the path of least resistance. And um, I, we don't learn anything about life or ourselves through those experiences like we just have this life of comfort and like everything and then when hardship does hit you like real stuff you it know? hits you yeah you're like unprepared like covid hit last year and like probably it was like 50 50 like half of my friends were like completely devastated by this thing you know like i mean just like holy crap like I, like i can't go out. i don't know how to handle adversity i don't know how to handle yeah. this you know and um i think in my mind i was like yeah this sucks but i mean we're like we're going to get through it hopefully and i know some people did not you know and i don't mean to be like disrespectful to that but Mm -hmm. um you you learn how to handle like a a lot more in your life by intentionally putting yourselves in in areas where you feel uncomfortable and and i think you know it doesn't even have to be something crazy like desert rats like it's just like hey i want to learn a new skill and it's going to take work and effort and time to trial by error to do this and yeah yeah i mean you're going to be stronger for in the end but yeah. Dude. What are we doing? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm ex- I'm yeah. I agree, man. And I 
I think that's a commonality, but that's kind of what we're trying to explore, right? Like, does everyone think that? Because that's how I think, too. Like, I feel like we're on the same wavelength with that. I think anybody who breaks the surface, you and I have had this discussion before, but, like, not not to poo-poo on, on road running, but I only ever got this feeling, like, through ultra running. And I think I think what we're all talking about, like, it, it doesn't necessarily need to pertain to, like, just desert rats, but anyone who runs their first 50K, maybe it doesn't happen their first 50K, Maybe it doesn't happen in their 50 miler, but like there's this like there's this switch or there's like something that happens and and maybe maybe you're in the midst of a race and something really crappy happens that your socket's a hole in it or your your sandwich is soggy or something and you there's this moment in time where it's like, am I gonna let this stop me in my tracks right now or am I gonna keep going? You know, it's this, it's this conscious, you know, I don't have to be like that yes man or something. It's this is conscious series of am I gonna keep going it's really really hot i feel uncomfortable am i going to keep going you know i it's just it i think that's where kind of like ultra running in life kind of that's the intersection right yeah i don't know yeah yeah it's easy to be kind of the victim you know like i I'd like first year i ever ran leadville like first year i ever ran leadville i got into outward bound and i'm only 25 miles in like at this point and i was just like in i was just in a pissy mood like i hurt i was like just ran a marathon like and my crew was being super cool, like nice, like, hey, Tim, how's it going? I'm like, get away this from me. sucks. <laughs> How do you think I feel? I just ran a marathon, you know? And, and, um, and I'm like bitching about this and that. And I had my friend Christina, who ironically, I had paced her in her first Leadville like two years before, just like looks at me and she's like, suck it up, Tim. Like, you're out here. Like, just keep moving. Like, get out of here. Like, basically, like, just get over it and just keep moving, you know? And I left the aid station. I was like, oh, yeah, like I sounded like such a crybaby out here. But I was suffering and I did hurt and I was like looking for sympathy or whatever I was looking for. I don't yeah. know. I saw, I saw, and, I, I, I'm sorry, I saw like a meme or something about like self-help or something. And it, we need people in life or in runs to kind of be our even keel mm-hmm. to like snap us out of it, right? And, yeah. like, your your analogy of, like, COVID or when someone's basement floods or something like that, like, in the moment, they're freaking the hell out. You know, they're like, oh, what am I going to do? And I got to call insurance. I got to do that. Sometimes you just need somebody there. Like, they love us. Like, they're our spouse or they're our neighbor or something like that. But they're like, bro, just, like, snap out of it. Like, you're going you're gonna to get through this thing. Yeah. And I think that's what's really cool, you know, especially about the staff and the folks that work like Desert Rats. Like, they're... I think you, you and I were talking before. So like they're they're not going to do anything. They're not paid to like wait on us like hand and foot or anything. But whether it's like the medical staff that's there or the people that are working the aid stations, like they're vying for every. I mean, we kind of feel that at every race that we do. But I feel like it's like extra special at Desert Rats because you're 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 camping with them. Like you're out with them in the desert and like you're helping each other. Like at the end of the night they're putting food together and they might be like, oh we need a propane tank or we need ice or something. It's like you just feel compelled no one's telling you to do it, but it's like you feel compelled to just help out around camp because we're all in this thing together, you know? Mm. And they're gonna be doing things they're gonna wait be doing crazy things for you, taping feet and pop popping blisters and doing all that type of thing. So it's just I don't know man. It's it's all of that stuff encompassing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, something kind of special when everybody's rooting for everybody else's success, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of where you're at. Like, that's pretty cool. That's super yeah. cool, man. That's what I felt. Like, I was, I'm, I'm like a fan of you guys. I'll be rooting. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like, but you feel that about everybody. You're like, I'm a fan. Like, well, we've, okay. we've, we've all been in other races where, like, you, you wait around at the finish line and stuff like that. The thing with rats, like, there's nowhere else to be. Like, right. everybody's <laughs> waiting around. It's like, you're in folding chairs. You're eat, you're shoving food in your face. But, like, you're, you're there and you're in the moment. And to see running through, like, a runner's eyes. You know, like, we're all runners. But to, to see other people struggling, to see other people get to finish lines that they didn't think they could get to, it's like it becomes – running is a very singular solo sport. But when you're when you're living vicariously through, like, other runners, it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of adds, like, another dynamic to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what, like, you were bringing up road running. I mean, I've only done a few road races, but you get to the end, you grab, like, a bagel and an apple or something. And then usually you just go, like – I mean, I, always, I try to stick around cheering people on for a little bit, but you don't, there's so many people. It's like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You're like, there's so many people here. And then you do a smaller event, like a trail run, and you're like, oh yeah, there's a much smaller group. I'm just going to hang around the finish line. Like, it's just more of a community feel, I guess. Would you guys say, to get like a pull on this, do you, do you, I, I think in my mind it has something to do with that like ultra distance though, you know? Mm. Like, there's a breakthrough at a certain distance. I, I don't know, though, because, dude, I think, like, any run could be difficult. Like, depending on, like, if you're, like, going out and you're just booking it, you know. Like, if I did a 5K a couple years ago, and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I was, like, because I'm stupid and competitive, and people were running in front of me, and I was, like, I think I can catch them, you know. And that was that was difficult, too, in a different way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're right. Like, there's the whole, like, just continual, continual like, pounding on your feet and your muscles, like, breakdown of an ultra that you don't get in those other ones. Well, it depends on, because what you hit on, it depends on where your breaking point is. Yeah. Like, and if you get to a breaking point and you're able to push through that and persevere and finish, like, you got through that experience, like, and sometimes, like, you have a day where it's, like, a 5K. Like, yeah, you <laughs> you're, like, my break. You know what I mean? Like, and you're just, like, oh, my God. Like, I, I agree with you. I think 5Ks are, are horrific. Yeah. Like, they're so hard when you're just, like, running all out, you know? Like, when I won my kid's elementary school 5K. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Tim, Tim. I take kidding. it easy. Stop bragging, man. Stop bragging. When that 12-year-old went out there... The gate at like six minute pace, and I'm, like, I'm gonna school <laughs> Not this today. Oh my god! <laughs> and then by mile two, I was about to die. Yeah, but that destroyed you. I, I, you, you push through. Like, I mean, I think that's what's cool about what we do. Ultra yeah. running, I think, brings it out in like a probably like a real way. Like your mm. body at some point starts literally shutting down. You know, yeah. like it's probably not the best thing, like in hundred mile runs. It's probably not the best thing to be out there for 24, 36 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. On your feet, continually moving, sleep deprivation, all that stuff. Like, but the human body is kind of an amazing thing. But I'm also like, too, yeah. as much as it beats me up physically, like mentally and emotionally, the benefits that I get from it are huge, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So it might, yeah, it might not be the best thing physically. So what did you say with your feet yesterday? What were you calling it? You're like, I have to eliminate the like... Clapping? Slapping? The slapping? Yeah. He's like, I have to eliminate the slapping. My feet it was just, just that slapping. constant, so like me being a bigger, burlier guy, right? Yeah. It's not so much like during these things, and, and I, I ran into the same thing, pun intended, in my 100 miler was, it's just that constant 
slapping, right? Is the constant foot slap where it's not normal for any one of us unless it's somebody like you or something that's like training for a hundred mile race. But like, how many foot how many foot slaps are we all going to experience during the next week? Where <laughs> I kind of have I kind of have a, a, something I'm gonna I'm gonna do this week. It's it's kind of secret. I'm not gonna let everyone in on it. Oh, we'll sorry. See, we'll I, was just, it I was just I was just bringing foot slap. Foot slap. You didn't have to bring up. Are you gonna count your steps? Your no, 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 no. Yeah. I got some, I got something else steps. up my sleeve. You should. Count no, but I, I, for me, I have to eliminate. I need crazy. to preserve how many foot slaps I have. So I'm gonna run half the course on my hands. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, but do you ever run into like in your hundred mile like your feet? It's not necessarily like blisters. But it's like your feet themselves get sensitive to all that ground pounding, right? Yeah, my feet hurt after running 100 miles. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just something we so do. So do my legs. Phil's going to write an alternative book after this. It's called Eliminate the Foot, foot Slap. Foot Slap. No foot slaps. No, like less foot slaps. Yeah. I don't know. You'll come up with a I'll come up with something. Yeah, yeah, you got it. And then, and then some scientists will be like, actually, you know, cadence is a good thing and you should probably have more than that. Oh, yeah. Mm. Some scientists will say that, and then you'll be like, Psh. "When you're doing Leadville or something like that, there's, there's, I imagine there's portions of that just due to elevation or the tech, how technical it is. Like you're not, you're, you're like power hiking, right? Yeah, no, I run. Okay. Like I sprint the whole thing. <laughs> Are you serious? You're one of those guys? No, you didn't tell me it was gonna be like this, Chris. <laughs> no. Yeah, so no, the Desert Rats was also the first time where it, I kind of had this epiphany where there's oh, certain, there's certain hike. portions, of, well, there, there's certain portions of the course you couldn't run even if you wanted to. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm no Mike Wardian, but I, I don't. I think there are certain portions of this thing are unrunnable. They're few and far between, but even still, you know. Oh, I don't plan on running the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. All I right. really hope there's some hiking. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's some. You, hiking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Eliminate those foot slaps. Yeah. So it'll yeah. Be good. Less foot slaps. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else? Like as we're wrapping up, like anything else you want to bring right now? If people listen to this when it comes out, which some people might, like my mom. My mom. Your mom probably. always listens. Number one yeah. listener. She's the number hi, one listener. <laughs> hi mom. Yeah. Hi mom. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. You don't have to like. She's like, thank God. Can I tell this thank story? God. All right, I'm so gonna, this year. I'm gonna open myself so up happy. to you guys right now. Okay. You want to hear one of the most embarrassing stories of my life? Let's hear it. Okay. On the podcast. On the podcast. So, and mom, you did this. This is you. This is you, mom. Uh, I was in high school. I'm like a almost a grown man at this point right and i'm out here my dad lived in um like eaton colorado and so i take the train because the train for some reason stops like amtrak stops in like at like six different spots in iowa so i take the train from uh from fort morgan colorado to wherever in iowa and then my mom would pick me up um and i'm like 16 like i can drive at this point probably and my dad drops me off at the train station. The train's not there yet. Like it's always, dude, Amtrak is always getting delayed. Like always, because they had to like pull over for other trains. Like they didn't have the right of way the other trains did apparently. So they were always like hours behind. So it was delayed and I'm like, yeah, dad. Like my dad's like, do you want me to just like leave you here? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm like, I'm 16. Like I'm fine, you know? So I'm sitting there at Amtrak. It's still delayed. It's still delayed. It's still delayed. Now it's like 1130 at night or almost like midnight. And it's still not quite here. Like it's almost there, but it's not quite here. And I made the mistake of just like my mom text or I don't know. I don't know if we had text messages back in the day. We probably did. But she like calls me and she's like, are you on the train yet? And I'm like, no, I'm still sitting here. No big deal. And she's like, is anyone else there? And I'm like, no, it's just me. Like there's no one else at the train station. 
like, I'm good though. And uh, anyway, so then she's like, okay, well, call me when you're on the plane. I'm like, or the train. I'm like, cool. So I hang up, and then like 15 minutes later, these two cops walk in with like their flashlights and stuff, and they're like, are you Chris Ward? And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. Like, your mom called to make sure you're okay. Are you doing okay? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, your mom just wants to make sure you're okay. And these are like young cops. They're like 20 years old. And they're just looking at me like, what is this guy's mom calling for? Anyways. Are you sure the cops just didn't punk you or something? No. Why would cops like do a... They did a wellness check and you were at Amtrak? Yeah, they came in to like make sure I was okay. Did you ever catch the train? Yeah, I caught the train. Like after what that. time did the train? How long? I, how many now hours? Yeah, I, I was just wondering the same thing. The In station? the midst of the story, I was like, Were I guess the... my mom was just like being nice, like being a concerned parent. It turns out Chris yeah. Ward was at the train station for four days. <laughs> he, uh, I was like that Tom Hanks movie where he lives in the yeah, terminal. airport. Yeah, yeah, terminal. yeah airport. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I don't know if that was a good story or not. The, the jury still Was they embarrassed? Yeah. Well, I was well, really I embarrassed in the like, moment. There, there were like two kind of parallel tracks to that. Like the oh. embarrassed part of the story. And then I'm like, well, did you catch, catch oh, the Oh, I caught the train eventually. It yeah. came at like one in the morning. Yeah, it was like the final movie in the trilogy. I just like wanted to know what was going on. <laughs> well, you said there was two parallel tracks and we were talking about a train. So like now it's just my, well, mind, my mind's blown. Boom. The story just kept going on like Lord of the Rings. So no. Apologies. So, <laughs> fin- final, final movie. All right. Final movie. I, okay, go. Back to the Future Part 3. It's a good one. Great conclusion. Yeah. Where he goes to the Old West. And, and then they come back in the train that flies through the sky. Like, that's cool. And it has Mary Steenberg. She's yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and there, there you go. Isn't his name like, doesn't he say his name's Clint Eastwood or something? Yeah, he's Clint Eastwood. <laughs> that one's yeah. great. Yeah, no, that one's, that was solid pick, solid pick. Um, any final thoughts? I'll yeah. Tim, Tim go first. Tim, any final thoughts about like the week or what you're prepared for? Or? One day at a time, man. It's yeah. all about being present. Um, that's name of the game for me. Yep, one day, well, like one day at a time. Don't get too far out in front of, in front of my skis, and um, just if I'm in a shitty part of the race, just be in the moment. Don't think too far out there. Just one step in front of the other. Yeah. Try to stop my foot slap. Stop them. Foot Gotta slaps. keep the foot slaps yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. Phil, are you gonna be emotional at the end? Like it's your final. I mean, you're saying it's your final time. I told him it's going to be like the fourth Indiana Jones where he comes back like 18 years later, and that's not as good. <laughs> I, I may – okay, so I may do this race again. Not that anyone is counting or cares or anything like that, but um, for I think for right now, for like where I'm at in my life and everything like that, like I think it's just three, three and out. You know, if I'm still interested in this race 10 years from now, I come back. But uh, – I, I just again, I don't want to make this. This is about desert rats. It's about us going out there and stuff like that. But like, I just, I, I can't help but like look back and think that the first time that you and I talked, the first time that you and I met, was at like desert rats one. Yeah. And then we came back for desert rats two, and now this is like, and then with COVID, we were talking about this. It's actually been like four years, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you and I, like, just again, not to get all mushy or emotional or anything, but like, just how our friendship has grown, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm very excited to have met Tim and I'm excited to meet like all the other people because it's like you could meet your next best friend, you know, like you could really, it's, it's so much about running, but there's so much more not about running and it's, it's a great week, you know, just stay present and uh, I think it's gonna be a really great time, you know, I'm I'm excited that you guys are gonna be out there documenting it because I think it is very important 
for runners alike as well as you know somebody may see this thing and be like wow like not even on the running standpoint just like on life and like these epiphanies that people have when they remove themselves from technology and creature comforts and all these things like it's this it's a awesome time man i'm looking forward to it heck yeah yep sweet all right well, we're gonna wrap up right now so usually i do the outros by myself and this is when i like share my thoughts and stuff share your thoughts be. chris okay, and usually thoughts? i just go on like rambles like i just ramble on you know but do you have like, a train story do you have another train story uh, one time i'll call the train <laughs> <laughs> i have a lot of train stories um no um yeah my own, i'm gonna keep it concise is what i was about to say uh so we have race number three bib number three bib number 21 um you guys can go on the link i'll put it on the show notes for like where you can track it and we'll be in the midst of the race when this comes out so uh enjoy that um we'll be back in a couple weeks we have a couple more episodes recorded already that i'll put out um once i take a week off and then from there we'll see how it goes it'll be sweet it'll be an adventure